Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. I am thankful uh, for just being here. I'm thankful for this campus. I'm thankful for what the Resting Place South Tampa brings to our family, uh, and I'm just I'm grateful. I'm honored to be here. So I want to pray over the, the word, the preaching of the word. Uh, not that it hasn't been preached yet, but just I need to pray for myself, if you don't mind. Uh, and then we're going to just jump into this, okay? Yeah, so you can pray for me. That's a good idea, too. Um, it'll help you. So, Lord Jesus, help him. Help Caleb. Help him. You can say that. Help Caleb. Help him, Lord. Father, we ask you to manifest your son through the preaching of your word. God, let this cut between soul and spirit. Let it cut. Let it divide what needs to be divided. <laughs> Lord, let this word be divisive in the best possible way. <laughs> let it divide asunder between soul and spirit. Let it be the scalpel of the great physician who comes in and removes what needs to be removed and heals us, Lord. God, I pray that your voice will be heard in my voice today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. I, feel, I had this message in my heart uh, this week when I was praying for you about the Lordship of Love. That's the title, the Lordship of Love. And it comes on the heels of a big announcement. Uh, the Resting Place is actually uh, uh, adding to our mission statement for clarity. I know. some of you, 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 Those who know me, you're like, what? I'm like, I'm a mission guy. You talk about that sending element. I'm the mission guy. I'm sending, sending, sending. So the mission is very important to me. But I'm bringing a clarifying statement to it. So we still and will always exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. But it's because Jesus is Lord of all. So that because Jesus is Lord of all is the addition to our mission statement. You might feel like, oh, no big deal. It's a big deal because it was implied but we're coming up on our fifth birthday as a, as a church this August 13th, and um, I'm actually going to be coming to you by video that day. It's going to be a little different, but we'll be doing video out of the Tampa campus because we want to have, we're just starting a new season of The Resting Place, and we're going to uh, go all together uh, with a new series called We Are The Resting Place. I'm just preparing you for that, but this mission statement with the clarity of because, ever say because, because Jesus is Lord of all. That statement, Jesus is Lord, has been the rallying cry of the church since its inception. There's been one statement that has carried the church from Acts 2 to today. And it has been ongoing, enduring, and it has never changed. Is that Jesus is Lord. If we can say Jesus is Lord, then we are the church. We're one family. We're still on track. So I'm bringing that orthodox statement into our unorthodox environment. <laughs> Amen? Because it is true. Uh, the lost to be found, what do we mean? To find Jesus. The found to be free, what do we mean? For Jesus to make them free, right? And for peace to reign, because he's the prince of peace. He's Lord of all. Amen? Amen. So I want to talk about that lordship. Maybe you've heard lordship salvation. Maybe you've heard these theological terms. But I want to talk about the fact that God is love, 
and Jesus is Lord. I want to put those two concepts together, and I want to go in, okay? So let me just say this at first. Love is not God. Love is not God. A lot of the church is slipping, slipping into this idea that love is, love is love. Love is God. Love leads. No, God is love, and therefore, there is a lordship of love. Love is Lord, but love isn't the, like, we can create our own version of it, right? We can define what love is. Like, today, love might be defined one thing, but if the, if the definition can change, then uh, 10 years from now, it might be defined another thing, right? It might be defined another thing 100 years from now. 100 years ago, very different, right? So this is what the world wants to do. This is the way the enemy works. He changes the definitions of things. He shifts the definition. He doesn't just say, he doesn't stay with the same terms. He goes, oh, well, you know, that's not a human. It's a fetus. But the, fe- the word fetus is literally pre-born human. It's Latin for pre-born human. A human still in in the, the womb of its mother. It's still a human, but somehow we've heard fetus no longer human. We've changed the definition of fetus to be non-human. That's what the world has done, right? Right? And this is what happens. So in the church, we have to be careful that our terms are not getting new definitions. And love is the biggest culprit. Well, that doesn't sound very loving. Well, is it godly? That's the real question. Well, it doesn't sound that you weren't very loving or that didn't sound like a loving thing to do. Was it a godly thing to do is the real question because God defines love. Love does not define God. God is love. Love is not God. And because God is love, then love is Lord. Are you following me? But it has to be in that order. Because God is love, love is Lord. But love defined by God is our leadership in life not the other way around. Are you with me? Okay. So the lordship of Jesus is the lordship of love. The person of Jesus defines love for us. And we're going to look through some of these scriptures. We're going to look in John 6, 29. Uh, This is what Jesus answers to the crowd when they uh, looking for more bread, he says to them, after the miracle where he multiplies the bread, he says to them, they say, what is the work of God? He says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. That's the only legal work in the kingdom. Everything else is, a, is an outflowing of grace. You're supposed to work on what you believe. Did you know that? Hello? In this uh, Presbyterian meeting, you're supposed to work on what you believe, you're supposed to, that's actually supposed to take work. You're like, well, it's hard to believe. Okay, so what? It's hard to go to the gym. It's hard to eat right. You know, it's hard to drink enough water every day. All right, it's hard to get enough sunlight because if we walk outside, we burn to a crisp in Florida right now. Surface of the sun, you know. Gosh, and I wore a long sleeve shirt today. I don't even know what's wrong with me. But the work of God is to believe in whom he sent, not just to be a believer, but to believe in Jesus. Amen? Come on, somebody. It's because Jesus is Lord of all. I don't want any confusion. We worship King Jesus. Jesus is Lord of all. 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 Say all. King of kings, Lord of lords, president of presidents, mayors of mayors, you know, governor of governors. He's Lord of all. All. So our work is to believe in him, the Lord, whom God has sent. 
right? What does that mean? That means we agree and believe with what he said. It means we do what he said we should do. It means we don't ignore when he gives a clear command. It means his word is our leadership. I am a Baptist boy, just so y'all know, okay? I grew up Baptist. I'm a proud Bapticostal now, proud. I didn't make that term up, but no one told me that term. I just said it, and then I heard other people using it, so I kind of feel like I made it up, you know what I mean? Even though it was used before me, but I didn't hear it first. I said it first, you know? Anyway, I'm a Bapticostal. This word is not God, but it's the door, okay, to the door, all right? This Bible is not to be worshipped, it's to be entered. Because the author is the word. The capital W word, right? The person of the word. But he has said some stuff, (laughs) y'all. He has decreed some things throughout leaders, throughout history. And I'm, I'm grateful for the canonization of Scripture. I don't believe we should add to Scripture. I believe it was set in place in a time for all time, amen? That these Letters, these books are for everyone at all time, everywhere to learn from. Amen? That doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's not speaking today because according to this book, he'll speak forever. (laughs) He's always leading us. Amen? So when we say the work of God is to believe, it means we believe in what Jesus has done. We say yes to what he says. We do what he says we should do. His ways are the best ways. Amen? Jesus' ways are the best ways of living. The highest ways of living. Look at this, and you've heard this verse before. This is used for evangelism all the time, but I just want to I want to insert this bigger concept into this verse, Romans 10:9. You've heard this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, meaning love as defined by God is supreme over my life. I don't get to dictate what I do. You understand, I'm not here by my choice. Like you might think I'm here by my choice. I chose to come to South Tampa. No, no, no. My master sent me. I submit my entire life to him. That includes my schedule, okay, and my wallet, okay. Like some people hold their wallet out of the baptismal tank when they're going under and they just (laughs) keep it dry and then they come out. Um, by some people, I mean 80% of the church that doesn't give. It's, that's normal. So, yeah, 80%. National, national average, the high end of the average is 20% of the church gives. 20% of the people who call themselves the church give. That's the high end. A lot of places way lower. What is that? Like, he, he's Lord. If, if he's not Lord of your bank account, he's not Lord of your heart, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When I say I'm sorry, I'm not apologizing for what I said. I'm apologizing for if it hurts. Like, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. Okay. Jesus is Lord. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Why? Because when he rose from the dead, he declared himself Lord of all creation. You understand? That's why it says that. That's why it's connected. When he rose, when he picked himself up out of the grave, he declared to all time, to all creation, to the whole universe, there is one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism expressed in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, born of a virgin, living a sinless life, dying a horrible death for my sins and for yours, raising on his own 
self, raising his own self by his own hand on the third day and seated at the right hand of the Father, ascending to heaven after appearing to the disciples and about 500 people. That is the gospel. And the good news is this. All you got to do is believe. But when you believe, you call him Lord. When you call him Lord, that means the person of love rules your life. You don't rule your life anymore. I think I feel like we got to re-preach the gospel to the church almost. Like, I feel like we've lost it. We've lost it. Like, you aren't, do you understand? When you say yes to Jesus, it's not Jesus incorporated. Like, okay, Jesus, I don't even like, uh, try not to get in trouble or be mean. Um, I don't particular. this is Caleb's opinion. That's how I do this. This is safe. Say, this is Caleb's opinion. Say it louder for the live stream. We're live streaming this. So say it louder. Caleb's opinion. Okay. <laughs> Just so they know and you know and I know. I don't like even saying accepting Jesus into your heart. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I, it feels like Jesus is coming into my life and I'm incorporating Jesus into my world. I don't see that. Not even in this verse. I don't see it in the scripture. You come to him and you die. All of you dies. And then you rise again. And it's not your life anymore. Like Jesus didn't come to your house and has like a cool room. Like that's Jesus' room over there. But the rest of the house is mine. I can do what I want. No. The house gets demolished. And he builds a new one. And he gives you the keys. He says, this is yours. <laughs> and you're like, but it's, it's way better and awesome and not, I didn't do anything, but it's yours. But I, I can't even claim any ownership, but it's yours. But it's obvious that it's not mine. He's like, everybody knows that it's mine, bro. But I'm calling it your inheritance. <laughs> Hello? This is the way it works. Uh, the church has done such a disservice to the world to say, just accept Jesus into your heart. You will be saved. I'm almost regretting turning that live stream on right now. Um, <laughs> the Lord ordained it, so Lord cover it. I am convinced that there are absolutely masses of unsaved people in church every Sunday across the United States, and they think they are. We haven't even taught what it means to be saved. You die. He lives. I'll put it this way. This is the line in the sand, and like, I, I'm not sorry about it. If you, when you said yes to Jesus, nothing on the inside changed, you didn't say yes to Jesus. Not the real one. If nothing on the inside changed, I'm not saying all your behavior changes. That's over time. I'm not saying you're completely mature. I'm not saying you have it all together. I'm saying something, there's a, there's a switch on the inside where you were one person, and now no one can tell you you're still that person. It goes, click, you're a new person on the inside, not on the outside. The outside's growing, all right? The outside's changing over time. I'm talking on the inside, in your inner man. Your spirit became united with the Holy Spirit. That can't happen without an internal change. If you've never had that, then you have not been saved. I don't mind saying it that clearly because we exist for the lost to be found. The found to be free and peace to reign in our city because Jesus is Lord of all. He deserves your heart. He deserves your mind. He deserves your body. He deserves your time.
He is Lord of all. He is worthy of every moment that you'll ever have and every moment that anyone will ever have. He is worthy of full and complete devotion. And my cry of my life is, may the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. The full reward. Not your half-baked, except Jesus in my heart, Jesus incorporated. I think about him on Sundays. Garbage. It's not salvation. It's something changed. I was that, now I'm this, and I don't even know what to do with it. Someone teach me. But something's different in here. I can't treat people the same way. I can't, I can't talk the same way. I can't go to the same places and do the same things. Something's different on the inside. Am I preaching to anybody in here? Is, is that what happened to you? That's what happened to me at eight years old, man. It was real. It was internal. And it took a long time to discover. I'm still discovering it. But it was in there, man. Jesus became Lord. Listen to this, Romans 6, 17 through 18. There's an effect of that lordship. That love being Lord does this. It says, thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin, just like Sidney shared, shackled, shackled by the devil. You once were slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart, the inner man, to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become, here it is, slaves of righteousness. You're a slave of someone at every point in your life. You're either a slave of sin or you're a slave of the son, but you don't get to not be a slave. I'm enslaved to the master, willingly, happily, and a whole lot of bliss in there. Like, oh yes, I'm going to talk about it in a minute, okay? I'm happy about my slavery. I'm enslaved to righteousness. I don't get to call the shots on my life. You know what a relief that is? Oh, I'm begging you, if you're still calling the shots in life, come out of your deception. It's way better over here to let him dictate terms. It's way better for Jesus to lead you. He knows what he's doing. You don't. Come on, you, you can admit that much. You don't know what you're doing, right? Anybody in here be like, I got it all together. I know exactly what I'm doing. I don't have any questions about life. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, so why not just give that up? Like, just stop. There's someone who is the kindest, most patient, most gentle, most in-control person ever wants to lead your life. This is the lordship of love. The lordship of love is beautiful. I love that I'm not my own. I love that I'm bought with a price. I love that my life is not my own. I love that. It's awesome. It's a relief. I wake up every day and go, oh, I'm glad you're Lord and not me. I got stuff, man. I got stuff. But because he's Lord, because I'm a slave of righteousness. What a phrase. A slave of righteousness. I'm more free than I've ever been. Because I'm a slave of righteousness, I'm more free than I've ever been. That's just the truth. This goes all the way down to what you do with your physical person. I think a lot of times we just kind of over-spiritualize and we just think if I pray or if I read my Bible, then whatever. No, it comes down to your person, like your actual physical body. You understand? Like your, your, go ahead and try and separate your body, soul, and spirit for me. Try to separate it. Try to touch one without touching the other. Try to explain one without explaining the other. They are interlinked. We're a triune beings, but we are interlinked. Are you with me? So like your body should get saved too. <laughs> your body now has a master. That's not sin, it's the Son of God. Amen? Come on. 
See, even, even that having been set free from sin, that little line, having been set free from sin, 90% of the church doesn't even believe that. We were still enslaved to sin. We're going to sin nine times or 9 a.m. Monday morning in thought, word, and deed. I was taught that. I was taught that, that that would be my lot in life. So we can't even get to slaves of righteousness because we don't even believe we're free from our former enslavement. If you want to get free of that, go to the Jesus lab. I just, for nine months, we just, we just, we wash your brain. And that's what I mean. What I mean is what you're hearing. We wash your brain that you have been set free from sin. You're dead to sin. No longer enslaved to sin. Sin will have no dominion over you. That's what the Jesus lab is for. Talk to these two who cheered earlier. They'll tell you. Or Heather or Abraham or whatever. You need to go. Applications are open starting in August. Listen to this. It comes down to even your physical person. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. It says, do you not know? Are you ignorant? That's the question. Are you ignorant? Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. That means what you eat matters. That means what you touch matters. That means flee from sexual immorality. It matters. Come on. Love is Lord now. And love has a way for you to operate in your vessel. And it's not the way the world says. It is different. The world says, you know, uh, six whatever happy meals a week and, you know, pizza every night and whatever. You're going to be fine. No, you're not. Okay, we need to get in line with the Lord of love and say, what's the highest and best use of my body? Is this the highest and best use of my body according to you, according to your scriptures? It's important, man, because the church should be the healthiest, happiest, everythingiest of the world. We should be the people who got it going on in every single way. All right, and I'm not judging you if your finances are hurting right now. I'm not judging you if things are out of whack. I'm not judging I'm just preaching the truth. Glorify God with your body. Like, listen, I hate working out, okay? I'm a very thin person. I have a high metabolism. I do not need to work out to be, like, to be thin. But that doesn't mean I'm healthy. Hello? If I don't work out, my brain does not work as well, okay? Like, I have brain fog really bad if I don't work. It happened when I turned 30. It was crazy. I turned 30. It was September, you know, whatever that year was, turned 30. I'm 33 now, so we can do the math. But, and then the September, like the next couple months, we got to December, and I was severely depressed. And I'm like, what? what? And I called. I have overseers. I have pastors. We have people. I, I have people I report to for our church. And I, call, I, I just put up a Hail Mary. I texted them. I was like, I don't know what's wrong. I've slipped into some kind of depression. Is this seasonal depression? I don't know what it is. Please pray for me. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're praying right now. And that night, just a couple hours later after I sent that text, I heard the Lord. He just interrupted my whatever I was doing. I was probably watching something on TV. I don't know. And he's, I heard the Lord. I know the voice of the Lord. He said, exercise. And I was like, exercise, exercise, eggs are sides of bacon. I agree, Lord. Amen. Amen. I've never had to exercise in my life. He's like, exercise. And I was like, oh, this might be the problem. Never had to exercise in my life. I got on our little, our elliptical, whatever thing. Within 15 minutes, I was my old self. Immediately, boom, like that. 
Something happened. My body chemistry needed it. It's changed. I'm in a new season. I have to exercise to be myself. That's glorifying God with my body. I want to be here. I want to be present with you. I want to sit across the table with you. I want to be able to give what God's given me for you. Not just here, but all the time. So I need to be the best person of myself. This is how I justify wakeboarding and hurting myself. It's my main outlet of exercise. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm keeping my chiropractor in business. That's really the whole thing. So it's out of mercy for them. You know. Glorify God in your body. Whatever God says is what love is leading. Whatever God says is right is how love is leading you. If God says abstain, you abstain. If God says eat, you eat. If God says don't, you don't because that's the lordship of love. Are you with me? Come on. All right. That's word slave, slave of righteousness on that other verse. It's really the word doulos. I'm going to pull this down because I'm going to keep seeing it. You can pull the scripture off. Just go to the logo for me. I keep seeing it back there and it's queuing my brain into other things. But I don't want to go too many directions today. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you. The doulos, this word is really important. Paul says, I am a bondservant. John said, I am a slave, a bondservant. That word is doulos. If you go to the lab, you'll have a really real encounter with the doulos. But I'm going to teach you what it is. It's literally someone who belongs to another. That's what the Greek word means. A slave, a bond slave without any ownership rights of their own. Hello? You don't own that car. That's Jesus' car. You just get to drive it and pay the bills and clean it and steward it. You get to. That's not your house. You don't own that house. That's the Lord's house. You just get to live there. How you doing managing God's house? If he showed up in person, would he be pleased? Or you got some scrubbing to do, like on the baseboards. That's conviction hitting me right now. I have a five-year-old, and, or a six-year-old and a four-year-old, actually. They just turned six and four, and my baseboards are disgusting. So help me, Holy Ghost. I'm not throwing legalism at you. I'm throwing a perspective, right? Your house is the Lord's house. Your car is the Lord's car. Your, that's not your job. That's your assignment from the Lord. Are you the best employee at your workplace? You need to be because that witnesses of who's your master, who's in charge. When they say, how are you so good at that? I consult King Jesus on every single thing I do here. Imagine that. How, what are they going to say? If you're actually the best, what are they going to say? Oh, keep do, keep it up, bro. You know, like, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Maybe you could teach us. You know, quit trying to have a Bible study at a place of business where you suck as an employee. Just stop. Instead, become the best employee and let them ask you why. And then say, I'll actually teach you. There's this book. It's called the Bible. We could talk about the principles and I could share with you. And you could have a bunch of other good employees. Instead of, ah, oh, I need a new job there. It's hard for the gospel there. You're late every day. It's not hard for the gospel. It's your hard-headedness. Hallelujah. That was for someone on live stream. Not anyone here. You're all professional Christians, but the people on live. They do lots of someone without any ownership rights of their own. Let's just activate this. Say, I own nothing. It's all the Lord's. I get to manage it, and I'm going to manage it well. Amen. 
Okay, so doulos is used with actually the highest dignity in the New Testament. It's of believers who willingly live under Christ's authority as his devoted followers. Come on, that word willingly is important because it's actually a doulos is someone who has, has in their own heart agreed to be with the master. They uh, commonly, someone would serve out their term like they'd have a debt. In Bible times, slaves would be people who are in debt. So, hey, welcome. You're all slaves um, to the banks. Uh, yeah, yeah, welcome to America. Yeah, so you're born in debt. Don't know if you know this, but you're born with a massive amount of debt. That's what happens here. It's a privilege to live here, but there's a lot of debt too. So anyway, focus, Caleb. The, the servant would pay their debt to the, the, the person, and then they would no longer be a slave. They would be free. And then a doulos, a bond servant, is one who goes back to their master and says, no, I want to stay. I know I don't have any debt anymore, but I want to stay. I want to be with you. And they actually would do something specific. They would actually put their ear on the door, and they would nail through their ear. Uh, they would pierce their ear. Come on, Jess. Don't, don't be so surprised. I see those gauges. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, like that. that was good. She's like, yeah, like you over there. Anyway, you're a doulos. All right. And so they would pierce their ear, and then they would, that would be the mark of ownership if they had a pierced ear. But I love it because they would have to put their ear on the door, and they'd have to get a new opening. Jesus is that door. You put your head on his chest like John did. You become the doulos, able to hear the master's voice through devotion to him. This is one who gives themselves up wholly to another's will. That's the doulos. This is the lordship of love. I want to call you into submitting to that on a new way, in a new level today. That's really the goal of this message, that you would submit to the Lord of love in a new and profound way. So would you stand? I'm going to pray for you, and we'll be done. <clears throat> and I just have some things that the Lord has shown me um, that we do at the resting place and, and like, must have. So I just want everybody to, you know, just focus on your own relationship with Jesus right now and just hear from the Lord on where you need to submit further to him. Maybe there's a room in your house he doesn't get to go, and it's time to give that room to him. Maybe there's a part of your life that you haven't consulted him on. Maybe it's your calendar. Maybe you haven't submitted your calendar to Jesus, and you need to. But if there's someone here right now, and you, you don't know this lover of your soul, we want you to know him today. So we don't want you to leave without knowing him. So everyone here, you know, we're all family and things like that. But I don't know. Maybe when I said something on the inside, it didn't change. Like when I said nothing's changed on the inside, there was no click on the inside. You're like, oh, snap, that's me. And maybe you've been trying to do the church thing. Maybe you've been trying to do the Christian thing. And it just hasn't been working and it's been hard. And you don't have that moment where God came in and changed you from the inside out. You're invited today to know him. You're invited today to know him. I don't always do it this way, but if we just have every eye closed, if you're here and that's you, just look at me. Raise your hand and look at me. Get my attention. I'll have my eyes open. Everyone else just have their eyes closed. If today's your day and you want to do that, we're going to pray for you. Okay. So here's the charge. With your eyes closed still, there are hundreds of people in your direct line of contact this week who are in a living hell, who do not know the Lord of love, who need to know him, 
and you may be the only Bible they ever read. So I charge you now, everyone here, to go as living epistles, to go to find the one. If everyone here found one person, put them on their prayer list like Sydney was saying, and said, you know what, I'm going to pray this person into the kingdom. The kingdom would advance much faster. So, Lord Jesus, right now, in your name, I send this group. I send us, myself included, I send us under your command to find the lost, to seek. Send us out. Come on, say that. Send me out, Lord. As a, as a laborer, thank you. You're the Lord of the harvest. Thank you, God. We're praying right now for laborers to be sent out. We say yes to being your laborers. And God, I thank you for every personality in here. I thank you for every network in here, for every friend group in here. They're all needed. They're all beautiful. That we don't have to be like Abraham or Heather or Sydney. We can be ourselves and we can go reach those around us with your love. Lead us in love, King Jesus. Come on, can we pray that? Lead us in love, King Jesus, as we go. I charge you to find them. I charge you to bring them to church. I charge you to share your life with them and bring the good news of Jesus Christ through practical actions to those around you because you're a part of a family that exists for these people to be found for the found to be free and peace to reign in our city. You're a part of a family that says Jesus is Lord of all. So I send you, I apostello you right now. We ekbalo you. We thrust you out into the harvest field in the name of King Jesus. And if that's, if you receive that, say, I received that for myself. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored empowered and full of faith because of what you hear and we would love to see you at a gathering soon for more resources like this head to trpfamily.org